When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Great. How about yourself, Keith? Swell. We are post-Grammys, yes. pre-Super Bowl, yes. and pre-pre-Oscars. That's all true, but I'm going to be honest, like... Grammys is sort of like our big thing. It's like Grammys and Billboard Music Awards. I'm okay to be post-Grammys. I'm okay to be living in a post-Grammys world now. Have you slept much in the past, like, seven, eight days? I just sure can't believe that it's only Tuesday. That's all. That's what I have to say about that. But, yes, I've slept plenty. Although my voice actually sounds better than it did last week, I yeah, think. Yeah, it does, so, actually. So I guess I had a nice, restful Grammy week then. <laughs> oh, well, um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop. On Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Megan Thee Stallion's Hiss debuts at number one. You have to say it like that. (laughs) Debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. How Benson Boone's Beautiful Things goes top 10. And a bevy of songs debut in the top 40 from... Ice Spice, Morgan Wallen, Nicki Minaj, Justin Timberlake, and Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro, that old hit maker. Yeah. Plus, Morgan Wallen ties Garth Brooks for a longevity record at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, while Grateful Dead break the record for the most top 40 charting albums with the arrival of its latest release. Also on the show, we're talking all about this weekend's Super Bowl, including what we are hoping for from Usher's halftime show. Usher. Plus, we're chatting about all the winners and performers at Sunday's Grammy Awards, where Taylor Swift won Album of the Year and announced her next Album of the Year contender, the Tortured Poets Department. We'll talk about everything we know so far, so stick around for that in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. I mean, who who doesn't love the Billboard Pop Shop podcast? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? You should subscribe. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't already, you Smash should. that subscribe button. Like and subscribe. <laughs> All right, let's do the chart chat. First up, there's a lot of excitement on the Hot 100 Songs chart. As Megan Thee Stallion's Hiss debuts atop the tally, a buzzy track jumps into the top 10, while a bunch of new songs start in the top 40. Hiss is Megan's third number one, following two in 2020. Savage with Beyonce and Cardi B's WAP, on which she's featured. Oh, cool. So it's her first solo number one. I love that. All by her lonesome. 
Hiss launches with 29.2 million first-week streams, 2.9 million in radio airplay audience impressions, and 104,000 downloads sold between January 26th and February 1st, all according to Luminate. That's a big sales number. Hmm. Uh, In addition to the original version's clean and explicit uh, versions that were released on January 26th, an instrumental version and a clean and explicit chopped and screwed versions arrived on January 31st. It's a lot of mixes. A whole lot of mixes going on. It's just like a big, it's like a Cuisinart. Uh, oh, wow. The, the Cuisinart edition. <laughs> Meanwhile, Benson Boone's Buzzy Beautiful Things bounds into the top 10 wow. for the first time. I know. Alliteration. Uh, rising 15 to 8 with gains in streams, airplay, and sales. Uh, you think he's an early lock for uh, Best New Artist uh, nominee next year at the Grammys? I think so. I Am feel I going out on a limb here? Not, I don't think so, because if you think about some of the names he's been announced alongside, like a Noah Khan or maybe a Jelly Roll, those are both Best New Artist nominees this year. So, yeah. Uh, well, debuting in the top 40 this week are a motley crew of recent releases. Uh, we have Ice Spices, Thank You the Shit, Fart. Bows at number 37. She just wanted to make you say that, Keith. Uh, Fart is a, is a parenthetical, by the way. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> then we have uh, Morgan Wallen's re-record of the song Spin You Around, which debuts at number 24. Yeah, can I explain to our listeners the deal with this did one? You, did you want to do this? Yes, I okay, do. great. Because it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so basically Spin You Around was was made way before Morgan was a household name. Like 2014, 2013? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He, was, he was briefly on an indie label, and that was Panacea before— Panacea Records, I believe. Yes, and that was before he signed to Big Loud Records, which is the label he's still with today. So he recorded some songs with that old label and released an EP, and on it was this song called Spin You Around. Now, that old label reissued that EP with a bunch of old bonus tracks from the vaults. Eight. None of this was with Morgan's Blessing. He actually did not want any of this to see the light of day. He tried to fight it in all legal ways he could and was unable to. And so his gift to fans and sort of his like announcement that this was not his, you know, material that he wanted to put his name behind was that he re-recorded, he pulled a tailor, he re-recorded this song, Spin You Around, and put out that authorized version of Spin You Around for the fans and said, please, God, don't listen to this other EP that I want you not to hear. Um, and honestly, it kind of feels like this move worked a little bit because we're talking about a number 24 debut on the Hot 100, so people clearly listened to this version and kind of heard him. Uh, heard his plea to ignore the reissue. Now it makes me wonder, uh, because he put out a very lengthy statement on Instagram about, like, it's this isn't me. I didn't know what I was doing. Bad side of the music industry. Right, yada, yada, yes. yada. And I'm like, all right, so how bad is this? <laughs> so now you wanted to give it a curiosity listen? I'm like, you, you've really sold this as, like, is this, like, you saying a bunch of stuff that's really inappropriate? Oh, is see, it just no, like in my mind, bad thinking, rhyming schemes? I'm thinking in my it's probably all about the quality in his mind. Mm. Like he, I'm sure in that he has, you know, matured as a vocalist. Right, right. Um, I don't know if he co-wrote on these. I assume he did because uh, if he was able to do Redo this spin, spin you around, around, it means he must be a co-writer, right? Um, so. 
I think he just really wanted to stand by the quality of his work today. And, you know, typically an artist, you know, is behind a re-release like this, like Ariana Grande's Yours Truly 10th Anniversary Edition, where she's in control of what everything sounds like and what these deluxe tracks, you know, that get put out. He didn't have any say in this. And so he, I think, was, you know, doing what he could with his platform to let his very powerful fan base know what he hoped would be the results. Well, funnily enough, uh, so the new version of this Spin You Around song, he uh, titled it Spin You Around, parenthetical 1 slash 24, which is a reference to, you know, he posted this message on January 24th and he recorded the song, he says, like within like a week or so of releasing it Mm. somewhere in the woods, or maybe he came back from duck hunting yeah he was yes yes. i was gonna say a fishing trip but i think it was duck hunting i think it was something involving ducks (laughs) he was outdoors guys (laughs) he's an out he's an outdoorsy gentleman um uh, anyway so uh that song debuts in the hot 100 none of the other songs uh from this project debut that was going to be my follow-up question no i mean as far as i saw but the the standalone so the thing we're talking about this project the the ep the e well see here's the thing it was called an EP when it came out but in 2015. But then it tacked on eight new songs. So we're yes. talking about an album at it's, this point. It's a full-on album. Yeah. So when it came out in 2015, it was five songs, and it was called an EP. It never charted. This week, it does chart. It debuts on the Billboard 200 and Top Country albums, and I think on the Independent Albums chart. It's not like a really huge, splashy debut, but it does debut. Yeah. Um, for anyone wondering, we sep- we kept the new version of Spin You Around separate from the old version of Spin oh, okay. You Around. Because it's just like Taylor's re-records. They're two totally separate labels. And they're intentionally Inten- separate. Yes. Yeah. And also, we have rules about like old songs can't have a new remix blended with them. I do have to say, because I'm just thinking about my own fandoms, so I'm thinking about the Morgan Wallen fans out there who who, you know, are desperate for new music from their guy, like, at, at all they turns. They got 36 songs a year ago. I know, but still, you know, the fans are never new, satiated. I'm waiting for a new album from Madonna, for God's sake. <laughs> but I was I was kind of thinking about, um, you know, my boy John Mayer, who I bring up all the time, but, like, that's the kind of fandom I, I'm imagining right now, where when he put out Room for Squares, his debut album, there was, like, a scrapped album that didn't get released so it wasn't like a columbia release it was like songs he'd done when he was out there demoing and like Mm. you know going around playing coffee shops and whatnot and beautiful napster back in the day had everything so Mm. i you know and i'm desperate for any john mayer stuff so like i'm downloading these tracks and there's a song called comfortable that was not on his debut that has become this cult fan favorite song um even though it was never on an official John release or sanctioned by John and his label and whatever. And he will play it in concert even today, something once in a while, like pull it out and it's like people lose their absolute minds. Has it ever been officially released? Yeah, I think Columbia, once he got famous with Room for Squares, put out some little, you know, little bonus thing or as a B-side or whatever. Like it definitely got a pseudo release, but it wasn't a single or anything. I'm just bringing this up to say... That if I'm a Morgan Wallen fan, I'm probably excited to, like, give this a curiosity listen. Sure. And maybe even, you know, embrace this because it's like it's him at that point in time. It's your favorite artist 10 years ago. That's an interesting piece of their development. Even so if the artist even if you don't, doesn't like doesn't it. want you to listen to it, it's if it's out there, you kind of want to listen to it. So just just throwing that perspective out there. But I also respect that. I, I actually really respect how Morgan did this and the fact that he gave them a version of one of these early songs that was, um, by all intents and purposes, a, a fan favorite That's what before he this. Yeah. So, yes. There you um, go. Funny. Almost Ramble. All- 
Uh, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> all right, back to the big debuts. Nicki Minaj's Bigfoot, which is basically an answer track to Megan's Hiss, because I guess there's... I'm not going to get into this deeply, but apparently there's like what? Not all of Hiss is a diss track to Nikki. Like there's a line in it that Nikki has perceived to be about her. Yeah. And it's, right. yes, correct. That mentions Megan's law, which is, uh, mm. it's talking about uh, sexual offenders having to be put on a registered list. Nikki's husband is a registered sexual offender. Right. But then it's not like the whole song is about No, Nikki. no. but Nikki... Well, yeah. She went in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nikki did a whole new song, basically, at the drop of a hat. She recorded this Bigfoot track. Released it Sunday night, I believe, after Hiss came out on Friday. Yeah, and it's it's basically all about Megan. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that debuts at number 23. Justin Timberlake's Selfish starts at number 19. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's after it's— Second through eighth days of activity because the the song actually came out on a Thursday. Yes, as I bemoaned week. on the last podcast, well, he released on a Thursday. Uh, the Beatles did the same thing. Billy Joel just did it uh, a week yeah, ago as it, well. And it just hampers the like splashiness of the chart debut. That's but, I mean I I know that it's not all about that, and I know you don't need to like cater to that, but it is a a second news cycle for your song. Yeah, if you get that splashy debut, I guess I'm sure there's a lot of my assumption is the teams that are behind these songs uh, weigh their options and say, do we perhaps get lost in the shuffle on a Friday? Yep. Where maybe someone else already has that hourly iHeart play on radio stations or someone already else has the premium spot on today's top hits. Yep. And do we go on Thursday? And if people think like – if the label thinks, you know, maybe we're not going to debut number one, maybe it doesn't really matter. Let's just go for a free lane, a clear lane on Thursday. That's what I I do. Now think the Beatles, like, they should have gone on a Friday, yes, because that clearly was very, very, very crafted to like a chart debut, especially in the UK where it debuted at number one. And I'm not on the charts team, so this is me just speaking. I feel like Justin Timberlake would have gone top ten had he released on Friday, but that's we'll, just me. We'll that's never just know. Katie. That's Katie Atkinson talking, not on behalf of Billboard. Um, and lastly, <laughs> among the uh, debuts in the top 40, Tom McDonald and political commentator Ben Shapiro debut at number 16 with Facts. What a world. What a chart. Honestly, a wildly buzzy, newsy little chart today, uh, <laughs> Keith. All right, and lastly, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time rebounds to number one, rising one spot for an 18th week at number one. That ties Garth Brooks's Rope in the Wind for the most weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 by a country album. Also on the Billboard 200, Grateful Dead breaks the record for the most top 40 charting albums as its latest archival live release, Dave's Picks, volume 49, starts at number 25. It's the 59th top 40 album for the band, surpassing Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra, who are tied with 58 apiece. And guess who's coming to the sphere? Great Dead and Company. I thought John they, Mayer. I thought they retired from touring. They did. Until this a whole a, bunch of money showed this up. This is a residency. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. That's so the, that means Kiss is going to have a Vegas residency. Oh, 100. Because they retired from touring. 100%. <sighs> they'll probably play the sphere. <laughs> I mean... I've never seen Kiss, and I think that'd be great. Oh, there you go. So actually, you want it. So stop sighing and hope that it happens. <laughs> I, I don't want to see Dead & Company in the sphere, because I'll probably like trip out on acid without even being on acid. That was, that's how I felt when I was at U2, and I was thinking, whoa, if these people do decide to imbibe, woof. Um, but I'll be there. I'm definitely going to go. 
Um, all right. To Super, Katie. Super Bowl time? So, uh, do you want to do Grammy first or Super Bowl time? Super Bowl first. Okay. So the Super Bowl is this weekend at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The Kansas City Chiefs, a.k.a. Travis Kelsey's team, a.k.a. Taylor Swift's favorite team now, will face off against the San Francisco 49ers. But what is the most important part? That's, of course, Usher's halftime show. And Taylor. Will Taylor be there? Yeah, I mean, that too. Yeah. But, Keith, uh, let's let's start out with—I want to start with the set list. Now, Billboard put out our own dream set list, but I thought maybe Keith and Katie could talk about some, like, maybe two or three favorites that— we need to hear, and I will start because the obvious answer is yeah. We yeah. need yeah. Yeah, it has to be yeah. yeah. There's no world where he doesn't play yeah. That yeah, is, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> so I'm just gonna start with the most obvious because I need it. I absolutely need it. Um, I think from there, there's so many other Usher hits. Oh my god! Like, ooh, tease that Billboard may or may not be putting out. Like a a ranking of Usher's hits before the Super Bowl. I think that's you just, a little teaser. I think you just did. Yeah, right there. Um, well, OMG, maybe just because it's an up tempo song, and he's performed that at the Super Bowl halftime before. Oh, then maybe he won't do it again. That I seems, was thinking that, but too. he did that because he did that because Will I Am was there with the Black Eyed Peas. But maybe he'll do a taste of it or some. He'll incorporate that somewhere. I actually my. One of my guilty f- pleasure favorites of Usher's is DJ Got Us Fallen in Love Again. Mm. And that is the same era where he was very much in like a dance space. Yeah, an EDM-ish space. Um, and it's Vegas. So it just feels like there's going to be a representation of that, well, you don't of want dance a, Usher. You don't want a bunch of sort of slow jams. Which he's strong. got in spades. you yeah. got to have some of that. Well, you have to, you have to, like, do you, do you have, you make me want to? Do yes. you have... Uh, nice and slow. Mm, do you have yes. you remind me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? So this is. I'm actually. I, I'm nervous for Usher making this. You got set it bad. Uh, let it burn. Confessions. Uh, we could keep going. Uh, my way. Um, well, assume assume that one of the songs will be a new song, like a re- either a recent hit. Well, so his that good, his good. most recent hit is good good. Which, but then we also know. expect. Um, we we are expecting. Uh, some sort of like tour or concert announcement, and I wonder if that will come in tandem with any new music. Mm. It's a I mean, tough. The album comes out this Friday. It's a tough thing to do mu- new music at halftime. We have seen it before during Coldplay's halftime show when Beyonce came out. She did Formation the Sunday after it was released, like, and it was already a moment. So like nobody was bothered by that, but like can usher turn new music into a big enough moment, like Friday to Sunday Mm. coming up this weekend? Well, maybe, um, he, isn't there, did he say, or did who said, I saw a headline and I didn't read the story that the, what is the theme of the halftime show? Or like he said, or his team said that it's going to be like what a salute to, uh, Black artists or a salute to black music or black music musicians of the past, something like that. Yes, I'll you're, pull, lo- you're googling. I'm something. holding up the Billboard uh, headline, which does say he he says his Super Bowl halftime show will honor black artists of the past. Okay, so I'm not going crazy. No, so does that mean covers? Well, maybe like does he pull out like a cover of like Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, mm. who is a halftime performer? Does he do does does he do something like that? I don't think it's going to be all covers though. You know, we mentioned. Also, good, good, but he, Usher also is featured on a current um, Jungkook hit from BTS called Standing Next to You. I guess I'm 
I, I guess I'm pivoting because that brings up the question of like, does Special. Jungkook come out at the halftime? Is Jungkook available? I don't know. I wasn't why sure. is he currently enlisted? That's why I was wondering. I know that some of them are Jungkook enlisted in December. And Jungkook is not going to show up. So there, there will not be Jungkook, but will there be Lil John and Ludacris? I think it would be ludicrous if they weren't ah, there. And then do they do Lovers and Friends too? Mm, We've, uh, were no. you with me? We've saw uh, yes. iHeart, right? Yeah. Uh, Usher did a set. By the way, Usher did a very long set that was like almost exclusively his new album at the time. And then he brought out Ludacris and Lil Jon and the crowd went absolutely bananas and did Lovers and Friends and yeah, lost their minds. Absolutely lost their minds. Do, that should be the <clears> finale <throat> of this halftime. I was going to say, does it open or does it close it? I think finale. Mm. Uh, yeah, you have to have Little John and Ludacris there. Yeah. But Ludacris and Little John will not be on stage at the end of it. You don't think so? Why, you think Usher wants to stand alone at the very end? He should. I think, yeah, finishes, though. Like when Madonna had everyone and their mom, you know, <laughs> CeeLo and Nikki and MIA and a choir at the end of it, the only person <laughs> you saw was Madonna. Like Katy Perry had like Missy Elliott and Lenny Kravitz, but at the end of the halftime performance, it was Katy Perry. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is and Usher, Usher can show. surely stand alone, my man. Yeah, I like I'm looking for choreography. Like I am so excited. Did you see his Vegas residence? No, I didn't. But like, man, it's the reviews, nothing, nothing but great reviews. The reviews from that are incredible. All he's the essentially clips. been rehearsing for this his 100%. entire life, and but I, also more specifically in Vegas. Yeah, I was gonna say even years. the Vegas of it all. Um, hey Keith, something else. Yeah. Um, I will be at Allegiant <laughs> Stadium. All right, you're going to be the Super Bowl covering somehow for Billboard. Yes, I will. Give you more details next week about my like exact capacity, but I will be in the building. I will be looking for Taylor. I'll be watching Usher. I'll be doing all the things. Do you know how? Are, do you know anything about like how close you'll like? What? I actually have zero idea. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Do you know where you're staying yet? Yeah. Is is okay? Fontainebleau, the newest uh, resort on the Strip. It just a- opened in December. Oh, it did. Yeah, it's the one where Post Malone did New Year's Eve. Is that? Is that near Mandalay Bay? Uh, don't don't ask oh, me that. Geez. I, don't know where it is. I was just I was just gonna say like, can you just walk to Allegiant like we did when we were there for Taylor? Oh yeah, good. Actually, um, my friend who works with the NFL, I was talking to her about it. She she got to Vegas on Monday, staying at Delano or whatever. Like yep. basically, they have the whole NFL posted up across the street from Allegiant. You know, That's very smart. But yes. yeah, if if anyone is ever going to go to Vegas to see a show at Allegiant Stadium, try to stay like there at the Delano or Mandalay Bay because you can literally walk across the overpass. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, the fact that they have a walking, they were so smart to make it a walking distance stadium. Okay, this is me uh, actually finding out where my hotel is. One moment. Oh, I see where I am. I'm like way out there, like um, not, not walking distance at all. Oh. I'm like the other side. Did you ever stay at Resorts World? Oh, my, you're way down there. I'm way over there, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, you are. Don't you worry. I'll get over there. Yeah, you're, you're ride sharing <laughs> it down to Mandalay Bay's uh, 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 front entrance. I'm excited to see this brand new uh, hotel, but I, I am I am painfully far away from the Super Bowl. You're, you're basically in Phoenix. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm coming from L.A., commuting have you, there. Have you been to the Super Bowl before? Never. Wow. Which is crazy, too, because, like, I, you no, know, I'm it's a sport. not. Who's been to well, the Super no, Bowl? I'm a big sports fan. In addition, like, I've been to, I, I've been to, like, nine NCAA Final Fours before. Like, for instance, like, I've been to a lot of sporting events, well, but been, never like, the Super Bowl. Like, Final Four, not 
the championship. Well, thanks for bringing it up. It's because my team never gets to the actual championship game that I just leave at the final oh. four. Well, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Actually, they, just, got, they got there once. It's just like, like, you, you, like <sighs> the fact that you're able to go in a professional capacity. Oh, that yeah. Th- that That's just as a fan, like, a personal thing. This is, yeah. I'm sure just the cheapest ticket to get into the oh, Super God. Bowl is like I could insanity. never personally choose no. to go to the Super like, Bowl. Like, who, who, how do those people even my get to go? My Lions were almost in it, too. Like, and uh, any any of, like, my friends who are crazy big Lions fans, they probably would have drained their bank accounts to go. But you have to. You literally have to to be able to go. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm I'm very excited. Are you going to get there, like, are you leaving? Are, are you allowed to say, like, when you're getting there? I can say I'm Saturday to Monday. Saturday I'm just, to Monday. Yeah, I'm popping in popping back out. Wow. Yeah, I'm not messing around. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, should we talk about the Grammys, the other massive oh, right. event, well, all within a week of each other? I, I guess we. I, well, I'll I'll use I'll I'll say something that will lead us into the Grammys. Okay. So obviously, Usher is the halftime performer. Do we know who is doing any of like the the um, the other parts of the entertainment? You know, the uh, Star Spangled Banner or any of that yes. stuff. Um, also, the fact that like Taylor Swift. We assume we'll be there because we've already done all the math. She can fly there from Tokyo and get there in time. <laughs> um, so I know I'll be tuning in, obviously. Now I actually – normally I don't watch the whole game. I just watch halftime. But I'm yes. now kind of interested in watching the rest of the show, <laughs> which sounds so stupid. Um, yes. It's Reba McIntyre who's doing the uh, the national anthem. Oh, amazing. And I just mentioned his name. Post Malone is singing America the Beautiful. I love that so much. And he's also, he's headlining a a party on Friday night in Vegas. And then Tiesto is the first Super Bowl in-game DJ. What does that mean? It means that he'll be doing a little concert before the show. Then they're going to, like, have him playing in the stadium and, like, cut to him, like, on the broadcast. Like, during, like, commercial breaks or something? Yeah. I wonder what happens, like, sorry, uh, you've been to professional games before. I have. (laughs) That are probably being also concurrently broadcast on live television. Mm -hmm. What happens during commercial breaks? Because oh. I've never I've never been in a venue like That's that. That's so funny. I mean, it just feels like any other pause in the game. Like they literally. What do they, what do they show on the screens? There's, oh, they're like hyping up the crowd. Still, they do games. They do. Oh, really? Is, are you serious right now? The only thing that I would have been similar to is when like I've been inside for the Grammy Awards and watched like during commercial or like the the Billboard Awards, like so, when there's a commercial break. Depending if it's like a college game or like a professional game, there's like cheerleaders or a dance team a lot of the times that will come out and during perform. During the commercial break? Yes. There's oh. there's like, a, you've seen a t-shirt gun before because you went to Adele. Yeah. Those are from stadiums. Like they shoot out, you know, the team's t-shirt out into the crowd. They do little games on the big screen, like where they'll go out and find like audience members to like play a game or they do all sorts of little things. So so I wonder if Tiesto will like play music at these oh, interstitials. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He'll probably be playing whenever there's not like actual playing happening. There'll probably on the field. be. I'm sure there'll be a plug when they come back from break. And there's Tiesto, exactly. our official DJ. Exactly. I mean, oh. it's so Vegas, and I love it. Okay, cool. All right, now we can go to the Grammys. <laughs> okay, where so Ta- Taylor happened to be there too. 2024 Grammy Awards went down on Sunday night. So first of all, let's just mention that our pop shop Grammy guest Mark Ronson was a winner on Sunday night, taking home Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media for the Barbie soundtrack. So now he is an eight-time winner. Congratulations to Mark. Uh, Looking at the big four, they were all shared on the broadcast by four different 
female artists, which is the first time that's ever happened, apparently. Actually, this is just the big four, but every award given out on the telecast was to a woman artist, um, which is the first time that's ever happened. So Billie Eilish won Song of the Year along with brother and co-writer Phineas. So there's a man. For What Was I Made For? Yeah, but it's Billie's song. Thank you, Keith. From the Barbie soundtrack, also. Um, Victoria Monet won Best New Artist. Miley Cyrus won Record of the Year for Flowers, along with her behind-the-scenes players. Uh, and Taylor Swift won Album of the Year for Midnight's, making her the first artist ever to win Album of the Year four times. I'm not—I wasn't trying to rain on your parade. Just the people like, it's nothing but women! I'm like, yes, let, let's just a reminder. The, the people who won Album of the Year were Taylor Swift and her collaborators, some of which are men. The people that won— you know, song of the year were Billie Eilish and her brother, a man, Phineas. So only female fronted songs and projects won. That's a better way of putting Thank it. Thank you. And uh, I just want to do a brief moment for the performances because we have to talk about the fact that Tracy Chapman performed Fast Car with Luke Combs. Of course, he famously covered her song last year. Made it a massive hit. It peaked at number two on the Hot 100. Uh, Tracy uh, has not performed performed in in years. And Keith, like, I mean, the instant tears, the the minute the, the camera focused in on her and the light went on Tracy and she took in the love that was coming at her in Crypto.com. She had the biggest smile. She beamed because I don't know that she was expecting the reception that she got. How could she not? Oh, my God. And then the way Luke looked lovingly at her as she played and was just like, you know, you could see him thinking, what is my life right now? I'm playing with my my idol. This song that I've idolized my entire life, this person I've idolized is sitting with me. She's agreed to play with me when she doesn't typically do this sort of thing. So it was just, I'm getting chills talking about it, honestly. Yeah. I, it, uh, when when Grammys uh, hype their, you know, uh, you know it's, it's music's biggest night, performances you'll never see anywhere else, only on the Grammys, this actually was that. Yep. Truly. Yep. Like, and it, it's like, this won't happen again. Yep. She didn't go out on the road with him and perform. No. She didn't do it last year while the song was a hit when she, you know, could have. She was, they, they did this because it was important for them to do it. Yes. And, you know, who knows what the machinations were to make it happen. But it was absolutely a moment. Oh, and it was, lo- I mean, they both sounded amazing. I uh, loved I loved seeing Luke win. So, tr- like, they took turns. Tracy sang the first verse and he sang the second when verse. When he would, like, sing along off mic. Off mic. And he yes. was, like, mouthing the words and, like, watching like, her. Like, literally, like, what a so, fan would Like, do. singing along. It sort was of. so cute. I loved every minute. I mean, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. That was, like, for me, the ultimate. But, like, Joni Mitchell was incredible and surrounded. Surrounded by a bunch of other like Grammy winning artists, uh, I know Brandy Carlisle, Jacob Collier, Lucius. They, yeah, they, it was absolutely beautiful, and she sounded great, and it was another amazing moment. Annie Lennox, part of the oh. the very amazing in memoriam tribute, doing Sinead O'Connor's Prince cover, "Nothing Compares to You," on with accompanied by Wendy and Lisa of the Revolution, correct, and perfectly capturing Sinead's spirit by calling for a ceasefire during the performance, which is exactly what Sinead would have done if yep. she were alive today. Uh, I mean, it was just beautiful, start to finish. Um, so yeah, I kind of love this Grammys. Yeah. I just want to start with that. I, I was watching. <laughs> I was. I I, I. I. I will. We can put a bow on this and just say, uh, people hype the Grammys as like, oh, you know, it's like, it's it's like music's biggest night. And I already said that. I'm like, actually watching this show. Bar for like a few kind of performances that were like, hmm, 
like I would say 75% of it was just like stellar. And it it felt important. Even, even, even like. Which is hard for an award show, to, award show, awards show to like cut through the noise and feel important, yeah. and especially in 2024. And it did. And also it had its highest uh, viewership or rating since I think 2020. It did. So there you and go. And. Back to Taylor for just a moment. Yep. Uh, when she accepted Best Pop Vocal Album for Midnight's, her second award of the night, during Sunday's telecast, she also announced that she has a brand new, not a re-recording, brand new, brand new album coming April 19th called The Tortured Poets Department. And if this track list isn't <laughs> telling you that it's all about her breakup from her, oh, her previous uh, boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. Yes. Uh I mean, even I can see this, and I'm not a Taylor expert. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the biggest reveal when she put the track list out on Monday night was uh, she has two collaborators in the mix. We have Post Malone on a song called Fortnite. Man, it's the Post Malone show. And Florence and the Machine on a song called Florida with three exclamation points. Did that sound like three? Florida. Why is Florida important? I don't know. We'll find out. Oh. <laughs> TBD. Uh, Fortnite, maybe she has an activation with the oh my, game. Yeah, no, it's not spelled like that. It's spelled like the actual amount of time. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, but this woman is prolific. We already knew that. And she is really just uh, going full steam ahead into this year. And Aira's tour kicks back off this week, too. So just more Taylor. Um, I'll briefly say that um, there's been a lot of social media hubbub uh, specifically focused on Taylor, sort of a two-pronged Taylor attack. One, that she shouldn't have won Album of the Year for Midnight's, that it should have been like SZA or someone else. Well, you know, everyone has their faves and everyone's always going to be upset no matter who it was. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, I think Midnight's won. Yep. And a lot of people thought it was deserving. Yep. And dims the brakes. Yes. Uh, secondly, <laughs> uh, Taylor's getting a lot of hateration because she— <laughs> Oh, the Celine moment. The Celine, because Celine Dion, who has had to cancel her tour because of the stiff person syndrome— Correct. Uh, —that she has, which, you know, is affecting her neurological system, something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, her mobility, her—yes. Her mo- yes. Yeah, so just seeing Celine Dion on stage in public— Working, looking incredible, looking by incredible, the way. Um, giving out the biggest, you know, the, the final award of the night was a moment. People are hating on Taylor for not uh, uh, giving more visible on stage attention to Celine Dion and saying something to her or hugging her or something. I, I'm not going to make excuses for Taylor. I just think I'm assuming that she was probably caught up in the moment. Maybe she didn't know if she could hug. Celine, because maybe she was frail. I don't know. I literally the there's a there's a backstage photo of Taylor the, of and Celine embracing, and uh, Celine's son is who led her up on stage. By the way, um, her Renee, I believe is his name, and there's a picture of Celine, Taylor, and Renee all together backstage. Okay, well. So really lovely. All right. Well, uh, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. As Usher is the Super Bowl halftime performer this year, Katie, which of these Usher hits did not go to number one Ooh, on the okay, Hot 100? Okay. Your choices are. You Make Me Wanna from 1997, Nice and Slow from 1998, You Remind Me from 2001, or Confessions Part 2 from mm. 2004. Which of those did not hit number one? I want to choose one of the early ones just because maybe people didn't know what they had just yet with Usher. I'm going to go with You Make Me Wanna. You are correct. <laughs> it was uh, stuck, at Finally. Number, stuck at number two for seven weeks behind Elton John's Candle in the Wind 1997. Wow, okay. Behind a cultural moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we reached the end of our big show. Any parting words? Oh, man. I'm so looking for. I, like, cannot wait for this Usher halftime, Keith. I'm so looking forward to it. Well, uh, <laughs> we will all look forward to it together this weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, wait.
What's Do we the song? have to talk about what we're going out on? Yeah, we have to. We, we, I was just so I was just like trying to finish the show. I'm I mean, so sorry. Usher. We're going out on Usher, right? Are we going to do yeah? Yeah. Great. See you next week. Bye. Hey, baby, let's go. When I told her, I said, yeah.